Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fresh Death Comics, the podcast. I'm your host, B. Luke. I got Amy sitting here with me. How you doing, Amy? I'm doing pretty well, especially now. We have not been doing a podcast for a hot second. You may have noticed. I don't even remember when we did an episode, honestly. It was, I believe, in October we had done it, or maybe it was since September, but... Sorry, um, guys. We got busy. Life got busy. I I will say you you worked many, many jobs, Um, and so you finally are getting a little bit of a break. Yeah. um, Christmas hours, and... Starting to wind down a little bit, yeah. Because of that, I kind of don't want to start a new season, because I'm like, what's the point? Like, it seems silly. So let's just keep this season going. This is another episode, another year. Welcome to Fresh to Death, the very first Fresh to Death in 2024. Welcome. Welcome. So I'm excited. Um, What I thought we'd do on this show, we're going to talk about Ultimate Spider-Man, because... That just came out this past week, and we need to talk about it. Uh, also, with working with Fat Cat Comics, doing the rundown, I have read... Well, I would say between you and me, Amy, we have read almost every single comic book that's been made, except for, like, Grim Fairy Tale books. Yeah, I mean, on a, and some of those indie books are just so small, you know, we were... But we still read them. I was still looking at them, like, when they come through, and I dropped some of them, like, when he only had one or two, and I was like, it's not good. I can't promote this book anymore. Yeah. So that's why sometimes you don't see an issue, too, but then there's other times where um, I missed it on my pull, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Crave, for example. I hated issue one. I Maybe I should tell everyone what Crave is. Uh, Crave is a story, it's written and drawn by Maria Lovelett. And it's this journey about this compu- this app on your cell phone mm-hmm. that gives you the desires of your heart. Hmm. And the first and the first issue was all about coitus and how much everyone wanted to get with somebody else. And I just I feel like not everybody would be like that. Mm-hmm. Who's like, oh yeah, I just want to bang Joey and I want to bang Johnny and I want to bang Lisa. You know? Yeah. That was all it was. And I was like, there were people who craved more than that. What about people who didn't use the ha- app? And I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Also, what she does in her books is she puts, every few pages, she puts her autograph on there. Oh. So it's almost like a newspaper clipping. It gets it gets weird. It, I, it draws me out. Like a copyright? Yeah, almost like a copyright. Like if, if I was to post a page of the book, her signature would be on there. Gotcha. And it's just, when I'm reading a comic, I want to get sucked into this world and I try to look at all the different um, things that they would add. Like, for example, in Sex Criminals, Chip Zdarsky would hit, draw hidden things in the background like sometimes it would be like a power ranger toy or sometimes (laughs) it would be you know like transformers in the back it it doesn't imply to the story but he uh, tyler boss does it too for uh his series he he does stuff like that oh really so i I just really enjoy that and so i'm always looking for it and then i see the signature it just draws me out Mm -hmm. so because i'm like okay I, i know who you are cool maria i get it i get it so it drew me out. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to get issue two. I'll, I'll read it still because I'm, I'm I'm intrigued. Okay. And then issue two came and answered well, all my questions that I had. Well, I have, first of all, I have a question for you. Yeah. Where, because you said you didn't like the first issue. What made you want to go back and, and give this series another shot? I love the art. The art 
like I said, besides, it's almost a perfect book. Take away that stamp, and I, I just get sucked into the art, and she does just a great job of, like, you feel like it's almost a movie, the way her artwork is. Mm. It's, it's very, like, watercolors almost. Mm. So they all kind of splash together and tell a story. That's why I feel like the signature kind of ripples and, and kind of ruins her flow of it. Mm, yes. Because it's so beautiful. And so issue two comes and she answers every single question I had. Uh, there are people who aren't using the app. There's people who oh. are like, no, I don't want to. Or she, this one girl goes, I want to see Johnny. And he's banging this other girl. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, So there's... I went back to, I went back to, I was like, Drew, can you get me issue one? And right now it's on a second printing. And I'm like, oh, I uh, missed it. Yeah. No. Because I hate it when I miss stuff like that. So yeah. I don't, so I don't know if we're going to issue three of Crave for me to even read because when it gets more and more with these indie books, mm-hmm. he only orders so many copies. Exactly. It's yeah, it gets harder and harder to get these. So, you know, I, I try to read them. Like I'll take Drew's copy or something so we can talk about it on the show and for books I'm like, I really have a good feeling about this book. I like this book. Let's keep talking about yeah. it. Yeah. But some books. So I figured since the both of us have read Almost every comic this year. We we do have the authority of talking about what we think are the best books of last year. So we, yeah. we're going we're gonna to do our own little Fresh to Death Awards. So uh, you guys can participate. We'll have a poll for you online that you guys can also give your selections and stuff. So I guess just like the Emmys and the Oscars, we're just going to name them off. And, this is uh, the well, People's Choice Awards of comics. Exactly. <laughs> Done by fans who love comics, who just are really into it. So I'm going to start out with Best Writer. By no one's surprise, uh, Ryan Stegman, <gasps> I, I nominated. What? For the I Shalub. never. He wrote Shalub, and I, the more I read this, the more I love this whole body-switching doctor. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and the way... Ryan and Tyrell Porter just doing this is just like, this is the bee's knees. Like, (laughs) it's a fun, like, it's not groundbreaking. It isn't breaking um, new grounds, but it is a fun book. I'm just reading it, giggling and having fun. And I mean, really, what more can you ask for? Next up, I have Ed Brizen for Batman Inc. Batman Inc. I never, like... Yeah, what's I, your reasoning for this one? I know, because you're like, we don't even own Batman Inc. Yeah, correct. It's one of those books where I didn't read it, but for the rundown, I have to read all these books. And I... Because I, I don't want to just pop up a book and go, Batman Inc. Joker's fighting Batman family. Cool. I, I want to read it. I want to know what's going on in the story. So, like I said, I've been reading everything. And out mm-hmm. of all the Batman books, Batman Inc. was the most intriguing. Because it was a whole Batman Inc. team led by Ghostmaker. And he has a rule. He can't kill anyone. He's in charge of this whole group. Just don't kill anyone. Then the Joker comes around going, hey, you have to kill one of our Jokers. <laughs> or else I'm going to blow up towns. So, he makes Ghostmaker make an ultimate decision kill a joker like he created the whole joker inc so there are other people trying to be a joker and so like this one guy murders a whole fan like one of the batman's family one of the batman inc's uh Mm -hmm. partner's families and 
like they have to make this decision. I think the way Ed Prison wrote this was just phenomenal. <laughs> I loved it a lot. Up next, Ryan North for Fantastic Four. Since he's taking over yes. that series, it's like watching a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. Every single issue. Absolutely. And I mean, I only read maybe one or two issues. I think it was the first the first of Ryan North's run with yeah. Fantastic Four. Ooh, yeah. It very much gave Twilight Zone vibes. So and anything that's kind of spooky or out of the ordinary, and to do it in a Marvel book, I just honestly have found it really refreshing. Next up for Best Writer, we had Steve Orlando for his Scarlet Witch. Yes. I've really been enjoying the Scarlet Witch series. It's been, I mean, to to first of all have Darcy as a character in Marvel Comics is awesome because, yes, she is a character in the Marvel movies, but this series is her first appearance as a character in the comic universe, which is really cool. She's just as Darcy <laughs> as, as she is in the movies, which is great. But Darcy is really kind of... The main person for this arc, and it's because she's done something wrong and somebody is after her that's really the cause of of this whole uh, issue with uh, Scarlet Witch and and a whole, whole fucking thing happening where Darcy messed up and the person she wronged has come to collect. So that that arc has been really enjoyable. I've just I love Wanda and I love love the fact her and Darcy because Darcy's working at her shop. That's kind of the trade for you know her kind of supplying her with a safe place to be where she can you know kind of be low key but you know still kind of busy being her Darcy self, being a whole lot of fun. So you're saying, so would you like to see this happen in? Can you see this being like a TV show or part of the movies where yes. Darcy is like, we're talking about Kat Dennings yes. and Wanda are hanging out and doing Yes. Stuff. Oh yeah. And she's just like, Darcy's just being a sass monster back at like, oh, well that sounds great, but I wouldn't take you to bed. Ha <laughs> ha. Like some like little quips like that. You know, it's, she, she's just a whole lot of, I've always loved the character of Darcy. I think she's a whole lot of fun. I love Kat Dennings. I think she's great at everything, and I just want more of her. And the fact that she is now in the series is so great. Uh, and then we have Kelly Thompson for her Captain Marvel. Oh, my God. What a historic run for Captain Marvel. To get to 50 issues, honestly, is a huge accomplishment. And the whole... <laughs> Whole arc with binary. Oh my god! I, I was literally you were crying. I was so crying hard. so hard at the end of it. I you know because it was a part of Carol. You know she broke off and and basically became this whole separate entity. And then binary sacrificed herself to save the rest of her super friends gang, which included like Jessica Drew. Um, and so I knew many... it was going to happen though. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen, but I, that did not. You know how I knew. Tell. There is an issue. I forgot what issue it is where she's like when she broke free after she becomes sentient and she's playing with this cat and she's like, this cat is fun. I love cats. And I had this like, oh, I love her. They're going to kill her. I know at this point she's dead <laughs> because she broke my heart with the cat thing. 
Yep. So I knew, like, you were correct. I, I was waiting. I was waiting. I knew this was going to happen. If people like cats, they must be killed. I know. I was so upset. Except that's not, well, I guess Goose is a flirkin, so that doesn't technically count. No, Kelly Thompson had so many cats in her books because Jessica Drew brought her cats yeah. over. There was, like, cat parties. I mean, we did have Marvel Meow. Oh, that book was great. <sighs> so many kitties. Uh, oh, and I do want to say one awesome ending to uh, that book. Uh, they decided to throw a party for Carol and there is an appearance of Jeff the shark. And I think it's Jessica that goes, if I go get my Jeff the shark sweatshirt, do you think he'll sign it for me? And they're just like, he's a shark. (laughs) Like, do you think he can actually sign anything? (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, like that. Uh, I love it. I love moments like that in comics where it's just like that little bit of relief in the really, really horrible times. That, that's the, that's just... that's that's what I like about comics. That's what draws me in. That's what it's those little moments that make me laugh. That's why I knew binary is gonna tug because that made me laugh. And I was like, oh, I have emotions for this character that I didn't really have of before. <sighs> and then lastly, we have Tom King for Wonder Woman. Whoa, uh, the Amazons what a, are illegal. Yeah, like what a freaking... Oh man, Tom King started writing Wonder Woman and he attacked Wonder Woman like a rabid fucking dog. He was like, we're going to make this my own thing. What if it's this? What if, what if all of the Amazons are illegal? What if, you know... Uh, uh, America has turned their back on the Amazons and all, all the good things that they've done. You know, it's just it's really a way of Wonder Woman that we've never really thought about before uh, in this whole kind of negative universe in a way. And it's been really interesting. And what he's doing with his characters, he's I mean, Diana is still Diana. You know, she's more fiercely defending the people that hate her. And that just makes me love her even more because she doesn't care. She doesn't care. It's the right thing to do, and she's going to do it. We met Tom King, if you remember. Oh, uh, yeah. And you, you have different thoughts about him now, don't you? Yeah. Well, if you, listen. If you, you could go back in time, you'd be like, listen here, Mr. Tom King. Look, I didn't know at the time. Look, let me tell you some things about Comic-Cons I have learned. Sometimes you're in a line, and you don't really realize who you're meeting until you're meeting them. And then you walk away from the con and like a week later you pick up your poll and you're like, oh, this person did this art. Wait. Oh, I have a selfie with them on my phone. Like it's just going to cons puts a whole different perspective on things. Like I'm much more aware of who people are now. And I had no clue when we met Tom King that he was going to be writing for Wonder Woman. So now I feel like a huge fucking idiot because I could have talked to him about this and I fucking did it. I didn't get I didn't think about it. I didn't know. (sighs) Oh, well, you know, now I have something to talk to him about next time. Exactly. That's what's great. Because hopefully, you know, we'll see him again. He's he's a popular guy. He's a, he he's... is. And I mean, uh, the so really the only thing I had read from him at that point was Danger Street, which I, I enjoyed. I, just... I read his Batmans. I loved the wedding issue. I know people hate yes. it. But looking, I hated it when it first came out, but looking at it now... I like it. I like what happened. I I understand it. But at the time, I was in everyone's boat. I hated it. So so that was best writers. How about best artists? First up, we have Ryan Otley. 
I mean, he brought us Godball this year. How amazing was that? <laughs> yeah, and he, and he takes over writing and art on the uh, on the Hulk. I know he was following uh, Danny Cates's yeah story, so he kind of had a idea, like a blueprint of what he wanted. But a lot of it was his art really driving the book. Like it was really fun to read, and I I had a blast. All right, another one. I'm not shocked that he made it onto the list, but Ryan Stegman. <gasps> For Vanish, specifically. Ryan Stegman killed it with Vanish. And I know he doesn't finish it. VK takes over, which that was a hard decision. Because Vanish is such a great drawn book, and I didn't know who to... May I, may I include both of them? VK, Marion, and uh, Ryan Stegman. Yes. Because um, they both... I don't know who did it better. Like, Vanish is a great book, but the artwork in that is really what drives this book and you're just sucked into the superpower fight and mind jumping oh it's great okay next up is phil hester for gotham city year one if we're gonna have phil hester on a book i mean come on that book was legendary he put so much work and hard sweat into it and then as we were talking to him this year he had told us like how he was trying as hard as to be so respectful when he was drawing and doing it. And I just, Phil Hester's art is amazing. And I, it, since he's doing a series, he belongs to be on a list. He's one of the greatest artists still doing art today. So I'm happy to put him on this list. Oh yeah. And this book sh shows exactly why he's one of the best out here. Simon Kodransky for something epic. I'm so excited. I just literally just finished reading this earlier. I, like, what a great series. And I'm so excited that this is going to be continuing, that there's going to be another arc of it. Just Google something epic and look at some of the covers, some of the still like promotional art. He changes his artwork with every single character, and it's all him. He's It's amazing how he can be so trans loosened and draw like oh i'm gonna draw anime now i'm gonna draw horror oh how he I'm can drawing... just shift drawing styles so easily like he's so fluid in that manner yeah it, it, it's shocking so that's why i said just google it if you if you haven't looked at something epic google it because his artwork in that it's it's everything and it, to also find all of that on one page or in one panel. Did you did you miss? Did you see the the Dragon Ball Z fight? I did see that. Oh, it made me so happy when I saw that. I was yes. like, that was Dragon Ball. I was so happy. I know, and you're just like, oh, this is supposed to be like Ducktales. Yeah, yeah, he had Darkwing Duck too. Yeah. Oh. He it he was... definitely pays some great homages to nostalgia of you know our growing up and he's the the way that he's been able to incorporate that into his storytelling is amazing amazing tyler boss for what's the furthest place from here this series is absolutely phenomenal i'm upset there wasn't enough like i wanted to put him in the writer space because there just wasn't enough room everything with what's the furthest place is so good but tyler boss's art deserves recognition because you feel like you're in an apocalyptic world. Like when you see the vinyls, like when they break, when things happen to them, you're like, oh, you, it, it just, I love it. It draws me in. It's a special kind of artwork we don't get to see a lot. Mm -hmm. 
All right. And finally, we have Jeff Lemire for fish flies. Crunch. <laughs> I know. That's all I think about with fish. Every time I see flish, flish flies. First of all, the name is a tongue twister for me every time. Fish flies. All I think about is the crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> it's all I think about. Like, it is. I love it. Jeff Lemire's artwork so much like his watercolors the way like it feel like when the bunch when he they're stepping on the bugs you feel like they're stepping on the bugs and you can hear the crunching and it freaks me out all the time yes and then there's a bug boy who's flying around yes. and I'm just like oh but like and then there's a story about like there's an abusive father mm-hmm. and the, the the character would rather stay with her bug boy than with her own father because her father is so abusive. Yeah. I think speaks measures. Absolutely. So for me, that, that's just kind of how I feel about that. It's, it's a great book. It's, it's just... Next up, we have Best Ongoing Series. First up, Chip Zdarsky's Batman. Chip Zdarsky has brought Batman through the ringer of multiverses. He loses a hand. Yes. And now he is... Fighting the Joker and his own mind. It is just, it is absolutely like Batman has gone on a journey this year. Absolutely. And uh, I, what Chip Sadarsky's done with it is just, it's going to be talked about for years to come how absolutely. great this series was and what he did. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And then we have Fantastic Four with Ryan North, which we've talked about. Twilight Zone, it's awesome. Like, it's just. Overall, as a series, it's the Fantastic Four kind of out of New York City, kind of on the road. And it's nice to see the Fantastic Four doing something different than we've seen them do for the past 10 years, which is in a lab. Lab experiment goes away. Oh, no, let's jump into some kind of nth world and figure it out. Uh, Captain Marvel with Kelly Thompson. Yes, like we just mentioned, just what a great run and end of her run. Um, definitely, I it, it that was definitely an experience that is also going to be talked about for years. I feel, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, what's the furthest place from here? It is phenomenal. If you guys haven't done it, um, if you are reading it, I am curious. If you read what's the furthest place from home, do you also have a record collection? Because I would like to know the correlation, like how many people actually have records and, and read this book. Mm, yeah. Because like for me, like what's my most precious record? It changes. Like I oh, think yeah. it's Miley Cyrus's uh, Bangers. But then I really love my KJ52 record. Yep. And I'm like, oh, which one? If I had it, I, I don't know if I could just choose one. I, I if. if is the worst decision I would have to ever make. I agree. I, I very much agree with you on that one. And then Tom King's Wonder Woman. Like we said, just what a who, what a different spin on Wonder Woman for this series. And it's I'm very excited to see where this is going to continue to go. And luckily, it's a continuing series, so we will continue to see where it goes. Best miniseries. First up, Monarch. So Rodney Barnes is... Ro- Monarch really blew me away. I, I didn't know what to expect when I read it mm-hmm. because it starts out with an alien invasion and you go, okay, typical alien invasion, mm-hmm. but then it takes place in a high school and then mm. it kind of becomes like a Lord of the Flies kind of book. Mm. And then we find out one of the boys is actually 
been a hidden spy this whole time. He works with the aliens. Oh. But he hates the aliens for what they're going to do because he really loves Earth. So he fights back against the aliens now. Oh. So he's fighting a ba- he's fighting against his own people to save this world and save it from the bullies who are beating him up. Mm-hmm. And we find out, like, oh, he probably could have beaten that bully up this whole entire time. He right, just, he just didn't want to blow his he cover. He just didn't want to blow his cover. And, like, you know, he just... But it was just... It was really something special with this miniseries. And I was just really blown yeah, away. Yeah, you were So very... many issues. I, I got this connection with Tra- Trayvon. Mm-hmm. I, I could tell. You were very enthusiastic about... Um, and making sure that every chance we had to talk about Monarch and... Your enthusiasm has really gotten me interested in it too, so I'm very excited to. And this is just the icing on the cake. I don't want to spoil the whole book for you, but it is, is gut wrenching, and it really opened my eyes. Like I I don't know a lot of Roddy Barnes, and Mm -hmm. Drew talks about him all the time, and I'm like, oh, let me read this. And this was the first time I've been like, whoa. So speaking of icing on the cake, up next. Great British bump off. Guess who had that? Made sure that was on the list. You told me if we're gonna do this, this better be on some kind of list. Oh of yeah, some kind. And I was like, you got it, because I've. Go ahead, you talk about it. Oh, it was just what a fun. Like you know, um, what one were you just saying? Where you were just enjoying it? You Batman Inc. Yeah, Batman Inc. Batman Inc. Just... You were just enjoying Batman Inc. You were just really along for the ride. You were having a fun comic. That is exactly what Great British Bump Off was. It was like the the cozy. If you're if that's your thing, the cozy comic feel of like the Great British Bump Off plus an Agatha Christie type mystery. So basically, if you're an 80 year old woman spiritually, it's for you. And I was obviously the target audience and I'm fine with that. I just felt like it could have been another issue longer. That's my only critique. The art was cute. The characters were adorable. One of the hosts of the Great British bake off in their version or uk cake baker i can't remember what it was but it was one of the co-hosts was a cat i I know and when one of the co-hosts is a cat judging cakes i mean how can you really go wrong just a cozy fun light-hearted romp nobody actually died good times good times were had i I would love to see this as an ongoing series up next black tape dan panosian's journey into the rock and roll devil world that I just think that all rock and roll bands do was cemented in theory of everything (laughs) of why I'm not going to listen to Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Black Tape was a fun ride of rock starism of, I don't, after reading this, I really do believe that about Ozzy Osbourne, that wasn't a joke. Like, I don't think I, like, I'm pretty sure all rock and roll people worship the devil now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I can't really prove you wrong, so I think you're onto something. Also, Barnstormers from Dark Horse and R.I.P. Comicsology. That original series, what Scott Snyder did with this old-timey, like, when I first started reading it, I was like, oh... It's just this guy, it's back when airplanes were first flying, and this guy just does like shows, and people pay money to watch him do tricks in the air. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is boring. 
But then at the end of the issue one, he finds this girl that he likes, and then it becomes a Bonnie and Clyde like journey. And so she leaves her fiance like on her on her wedding day. Is like I want to be with you in the sky, and so they just are in the sky. But because this is back before women had rights, the guy's like, the man stole her. She's my property. I was going to buy her. Mm-hmm. And so he is now like convinced the whole police force to now hunt him throughout the East Coast. And so they're like just flying from town to town like – on the run. On the run as they're coming. Like, they're do- like, all right, guys, give me the money. Give me the money. We're going to do a show. Going to do a show. Let's hop in. And then the police are coming. They're out doing the show. And the police are like, we're going to get you. It was a lot. It was like <laughs> a Saturday more like morning cartoon. Hazard. <laughs> it was. It was fantastic. I, I just, it was a fun book. I just, and just the realization of the undertones of it, like, oh, this woman didn't have a right. It's like, she was being forced to get married. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago, and yep. it's kind of sad. Yes. Uh, you know what else was sad was A Haunted Girl. <sighs> kind of the exact opposite of Barnstormer. Exact opposite, but what Ethan Sachs and his daughter did was telling a story based on real life events that happened mm-hmm. to them. I, I think the way they've done this is really therapeutic of like yes. how a father or how like like how a father is trying to help his daughter, but he doesn't know what to do. He he doesn't he's mm-hmm. just trying to help somebody and it's just like anybody, your friends, anyone who's suffering from depression, you don't know how to help them. You're just like, I can help you. How? <laughs> You want to go to the park? You want you want to go outside? And the other person's like, no, fuck off. I hate outside. I hate you. I hate everybody. I want death for my birthday. <laughs> like, they're just listening to Max Bemis all day. But no, it, it, it's, a, it's a series. I, I love the emotional connections. Um, it, it's, it's just a beautiful book. And Agreed. Agreed. Everything just, that I've read of it has just been so relatable. For me, as a person with depression, um, they've they've really encapsulated that really well. Um, and then to turn it around to be you, we need you. We the world needs you to save the world. Like you are important, even if you don't think you are. Yeah, you. Ha- she she has depression. She has to save the world. Like no pressure. <laughs> I can't do it. I suck. Like she's already she's already like. It's it's and I don't know how it ends yet. The last issue is still happening. I think comes out in a few weeks, maybe this week. But uh, I've just really enjoyed this series and just really, really got sucked into this world because I I don't know a lot about like Eastern mythologies of like demons and uh, otherworldly mm-hmm. things. So it, it it was just an interesting read. I I, I learned a lot and yeah. I, I, it was fun. And we also have fish flies. Crunch. <laughs> it's it. The sweet, it. We've talked about it. It, it. Nothing more else to say about that. Up next, we have Best Maxi Series. So a long series. It lasted the whole year. We're going to jump into it. The first nomination is Star Signs from Image Comics. Star Signs has been... It's a fun ride. It's like Power Rangers, but with Star Signs. Mm-hmm. 
and I have enjoyed it. I don't know a lot about star signs. I wish or astrology. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about astrology. I wish you're I'd... learning with it though. I know. I know. Wish they would. They would tell me more because I don't know. And I'm like, why? Why isn't Aries aggressive? And then you're like, because that's the way they are. Like, what do Capricorns do? No one can answer me that. <laughs> what does question. a Capricorn do? Then we have DC's Danger Street with Tom King. It was a Lady phenom- Cop. Oh, Lady Cop was great. It was a great story of the outsiders and done like very Watchmen like. So if you liked Watchmen, Danger Street is a close kind of story of they all intertwine, but they're all separate stories. And it was really great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> I didn't think I would either. I was just like, I don't even know what a Danger Street is. That's I don't know who the outsiders are, but now I want to learn all about them. Mm-hmm. Static Shadows of Dakota. This entry of Static was out. It, it, it was heartfelt because Virgil's friends were dying and he didn't know how to help them. So it was more of a story of loss and like what it means. Like you can't save everybody. And what's the cost to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore? So, like, for example, he, he teams up with the villain, Ebon. Mm-hmm. And he teams up with him. He's like, we have to stop it. Like, you want to help me? I'll help you. I'm not going to arrest you after this. Like, I'm not going to go after you. Like, just don't do not do stupid shit again. Like, you got to pass kind of thing. And it was just, I really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. Up next, we have Kill Your Darlings. Yes, kill, kill. What a book. Uh, I think you read it first. You, you had taken it. Oh, yeah. So I, I, you, you read it. Not, I didn't know what it was about, and you, you were sobbing. I was, like, staring you in the face being like, Brian, you're going to have feelings after you read this book. You need to prepare. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll take some feelings. I always like them. It just hit you right in the honey nut filios, as my friend Jill would say. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> Without revealing too much, it's about a girl who who has an imagination with her stuffed animals, and apparently that opens up a world where there can be real. Yes, where they're crossing over into our, our world. And they are doing her wishes, so, like, she hated her mom, so they set her mom on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Along with, like it was, it was. It's been an emotional journey, and I, I don't know what to expect from this. I don't know either. It has been a roller coaster, but it is also one of those where it just taps into something so close, especially to you with the subject matter. Like it, it's almost like we've had somebody spying on us, and then they decided to. They were like watching the rundown, going, "I hate their stuffed animal friends." <laughs> This is what I feel about him. Kill, 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 kill. From DC Comics, we have Superman Lost. So Superman goes on this experiment. He gets lost in time. And it, it's been a journey. Like, he spends, like, a couple of decades out in space. And he meets a girl. And, like, he falls in love. And there's, like, a Green Lantern. And now they're going to have a baby. Like... There's all kinds of things happening here. And, like, Lois is dealing with cancer. Yeah. And, and she's very much like you in that subject. She's like, well, I don't want to bother him with my stuff because he's saving the whole world. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm just going to deal with cancer by myself. And Lex Luthor's like, 
Superman will help you. I'll help you. Here, here's everything you need. And he's the one who's been helping her. Wow. So, like, what kind does that say to Superman? Like, what kind of asshole is he? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's going to save the whole world, but fuck Lois. Like, yeah, I'm not going to be there for you specifically. <laughs> I only like her whole, that's it. I know, right? It's... And lastly, we have Avengers Forever. It was a compilation of like a multiverse adventure and Aaron Cooter's art with Jason Aaron's story. It was like this perfect blend of like the best the Avengers could be because each each issue focused on like a multiverse of different heroes. Like the first issue was all these different Captain Americas. The second issue was all these different Captain Marvels and all the Black Panthers and all the um, Hulks and all like they did like all these different. It was so fun to like you felt like the multiverse was huge. And then when you get to the end event there, when it ends, it combinates into this big giant event, which we'll talk about in a second, but we have another topic. So let's jump into it. What's our next topic? All right. We have best new ongoing series. And up first, Something epic. I mean, when we found out that Simon was going to be back with another arc, we were both like, hell yes. This is just such a great series and has been a great conversation starter for us. Uh, just between because you're more creative, I'm I'm more like uh, I I don't remember my dreams at night, you know. It, so it's a me. Really... I'm like, oh yeah, I can tell you what happened last night. I was fighting in the ocean. And there was these people after. Like I can tell you in vivid detail all about my dreams. Yeah. So it's it's so great for me to be able to visualize and understand how your brain works through comic form. So and I'm just so excited to see more about Dan. And about, you know, now that he is an epic, what does that mean now for his world, our world, and also uh, the one that he's created? He's embraced it. And it could go two ways. He could just be stuck there in epic world. So he's just like in a coma in real life. Like he's given up on the real life world. So he's let his body deteriorate and rot. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And I'm excited to see what Simon does with this. All right. Somna by Becky Cloonan with this new comic company, Distillery, which is the collective of comic creators and writers and authors. Boy, I, I, Distillery, they've put out some, like, it's big name artists putting out books and it's, some of them have been just okay, but Somna really hit it out of the park. It's about this, it's back in the Pilgrim era and they're hunting witches And this woman is very, um, she wants to have coitus with her husband, but her husband's like, no, I have to go kill witches. Put your pants together. I can't have time for this silliness. Hide your shame. And there's like a demon like in her dreams that keeps on like arousing her. And so, like, she's slowly, I guess, becoming a witch and she wants to kill people. Like, it's insane. And I just, I love this book. Like, I, I'm so excited to see where this goes. And Becky Cloonan does such a fantastic job. World Tree, it would not be a list without James Tinian. And World Tree is for all the people out there who thought that the Y2K was real. Who <laughs> thought that computers are going to take over the world. Because that's what this is. Is there's a computer virus that you get and it sends you subliminal images and it makes you kill people. It makes you rage. Like um, the movie, the numbered movie. Oh, oh, like uh, 28 Days Later. Yeah, that's it. 
So it's like that you turn into like the zombie thing and you just murder somebody and then it'll be gone and you're just like, what's going on? You're covered in blood. You're like, what happened? Oh, God. It's great. It's it, So it's like... It's this whole... You know what that's like. Oh, it, it, basically. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's... World Tree's just these computer scientists and nerds. You're trying to fix it and solve it. Like, we know what it is. We got to do it. Nerds together. And they're like... The other nerds are like, no, we're going to stop you. <laughs> so it's just... If you're into computers and technology, it's, it's great. Void Rivals by Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman has taken... Everything and like, he he bought the rights of Transformers mm-hmm. and GI Joe and decided to make a whole new universe. And yep. Void Rivals is kind of the stepping stone, the first issue. I know Transformers has been out now. GI Joe is out this week. Uh, Cobra Commander comes out. Yes. So uh, he he's created and Void Rivals was the first step. Like you saw a Transformer in that, so you know it's like oh he's gonna connect this somehow, and this whole journey with the void rivals because there's a prison break in it and it's great what you like that one i'm surprised but no this whole notion of this world where it the world is very megatron and decepticons except they're kind of like alien species or humanized Hmm. human is humanoids humanoids is that we call ourselves yeah sure so they're humanoids, but they have the same feelings like, oh, these people are evil because they want to murder us. And like they always have their helmets on and mm-hmm. take it out and discover they're the same species. Ah. Uh. And that's been <laughs> the great secret. And so what he's done has been absolutely – I'm excited to see where this series goes. I, I think it's it's Robert Kirkman, so you know that you don't know what's going to happen and – Everything can happen. Yep. Like all of a sudden, like Optimus Prime can just rip open the gate of the jail and be like, I'm here to save you. It's Robert Kirkman's world. We're just reading it. And then next up is best comic book events. These are the big giant events where you saw all your heroes joining together for one big event to do something. First up, we have nominated is the Avengers Assemble event. Jason Aaron's swan song of every single Avengers coming together to battle the ultimate evil manifestos. It was just like, it's like the best Avengers event book you could ever read. It was just, it's like the apex. And then reading anything after that, you're just like, well, this wasn't Avengers forever. Like you'll be okay, guys. This villain's not that bad. (laughs) Like he kind of let it up where like, I don't think anyone can, beat this yeah he's set a high precedent now from dc comics we have the night terrors event so we we've had a journey with this oh, book. oh yeah it has been uh, batman gets trapped in his dreams we have this nightmare character released it, it was a lot of fun trying to figure out like where the nightmare stone was yeah and, like for a weekly series, having fun like that, yeah, that was a blast. I, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, I also really liked the fact that uh, the issue with uh, Robot Man and Zatanna, because two characters you normally wouldn't have together, and they're the two that are like, oh, I guess we're it. Okay, I guess we gotta wake everybody up and also defend the universe. Okay. <laughs> It, just they uh, that that event really had some unlikely pairings, but 
you know, I think that they had some that really worked, and I was glad to see them. Yeah, it was a lot of fun reading. I, I like the the Nightwings story with mm-hmm. him and Jason Todd going like trying to deal with their own demons. I uh, I really enjoyed Superman's whole thing because he's he's subjected to magic, so he's just punching things. He's just like I'm killing everything, and I kind of feel like that when I do games sometimes and just shooting everybody, and I'm like. What, what was the mission? I'm like, oh, I was supposed to go turn this thing off. No wonder why I've been here for like a half hour shooting the same guys. Because <laughs> yeah. they just respawn until you hit the button. Mm. So you shoot them and you're supposed to run and get the button. But I wasn't. I was just waiting for them to respawn. So I'm just sitting on top. I'm like, I'm running out of bullets here. Like, how long does this go? <laughs> it seems weird. Then we have the Sins of Sinister event from the X-Men universe. It took place now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now. It was it was the event that really set off the X-Men of books for the year to come. Like, what we were going to expect. This, like, this book ran until the, our, our next uh, uh, event, event, which was, which was also... the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. So I had to put bo- both X-Men books in there because both of them have now transcended into massive events like when you talk about the hellfire gala this year well the hellfire gala has alone been uh the event of the summer for so many reasons and oh fucking boy this one who was a hellfire gala to remember just i mean professor x just sending out all the mutants out of out of the gala to then go to question mark Everybody was like, what the fuck? What's going on? Are all the mutants dead now? What happened to everybody that we love? Yeah, everyone's dead. (laughs) And so it just started this whole fall of X, and now we're going to rebuild the whole universe because now we're at the end of it. The the fall of X is wrapping up now because we have this whole last event and then reboot the X-Men universe into whatever person's gonna get out their hands on it and decide who is alive and who's dead and who's an x-men like i don't know what's gonna happen this is gonna be an x-men event to remember oh like, yeah this event will be on next year's yes, thing for sure for sure uh next we have the lazarus planet from dc comics uh where m- this magic volcano spit up and gave all these people superpowers. From it, we got Monkey Prince's story. Yes, um, a lot of superheroes were then created. Um, that was actually, I may have switched that. That's kind of how Nightmare became Nightmare was because of the Lazarus Plan event for the Night Terrors event. So, like, it all came from this Plant Lazarus event, and it was really well done. It, it, it told a story. It was it, it told a story of what was happening, and everyone's getting powers. And how are you going to stop it? Because really, if a volcano explodes, everyone gets fallout. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I, I thought it was really done. And then last, we have the Ultimate Invasion event. It is the event of starting the whole Ultimate Universe over again. It was done by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch's art. And it just spawned into a whole new universe. And I just loved it because we're kind of seeing this whole new universe being created. And, you know, what's going to be the ramifications of this world the Maker created? So those... Those are your choices for what we thought were the best 
books that come out this year. It has just been a lot of good books. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to make it as diverse as I could. Spider-Man for, with Zeb Wells did not make it. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of hate around it. I, I, I enjoyed it, I think, sort of, but not as much <laughs> as the other books. Like it was hard making this list and trying to be as non-biased as possible. Like yeah. what was Ryan Stegman good? can't win everything, Brian. <laughs> well, it's up for the people to decide, not just me. Yes, I will be voting every day in selecting Ryan Stegman, <laughs> but you may also vote every day and not select Ryan Stegman. So stop me, somebody, stop me. <laughs> Challenge this man. <clears throat> Otherwise, Ryan Stegman will also. So, speaking about the Ultimate Universe, Ultimate Spider-Man came out this week. Yes. Whole new universe. We learn everything that's kind of been happening in Peter's life for the last couple of decades. Like, he did not get bit as a spider, Mm -hmm. which we kind of saw that in Ultimate Invasion where he didn't get bit. But what were the ramifications? What happens if he didn't get bit? Boy, did we learn. Oh, yeah. I don't even know where to begin on this because, like, I have questions as a Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, as a non, I was as someone who just has watched the movies and the TV show mm-hmm. and maybe a few comics here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? G- g- give me your imp- give me your impression of the book. What you liked, didn't like? I was kind of surprised to see Uncle Ben working at the Daily Bugle. Yup that that's where, I was like that's where we're starting. So. What? In this world, if Peter didn't get bit by the spider, Uncle Ben becomes an editor of the paper with J. Jonah Jameson. Don't know how that fits I in. don't know either. But they made, like, the maker formed the world, and apparently that's the way to do it. So that way, so I mean, it, it just, I don't know. How did he become the, like, if Peter never would have approached the newspaper business because he was only there to take pictures of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Also, what about Gwen Stacy? Who knows? Like Spider-Man didn't exist. Gwen Stacy was never th- Gwen Stacy was never thrown off the bridge. It's always been my belief that Gwen Stacy was his one and only love. Mm-hmm. I love him and MJ together. Mm-hmm. But like, let's be honest. If Gwen is alive, he would always choose Gwen. He likes the blondes, but. Here he is with Mary Jane, and they have two kids. They have two kiddos. Like, we have never witnessed a world where both kids existed. Yes. <laughs> We've done it with just Mayday. We've had some with just his son, um, but never both of them together. And it was, oh, it was kind of fun and cute. It like, was. I- especially just... You know, at the beginning when MJ was like, hey, Tiger, you look tired. What's up? And he's like, oh, I don't know. She's like, we're going to talk about it later. <laughs> like, you don't get a choice. We're having this discussion. If you don't want to talk about it now, that's fine. Put it on a shelf. Just know that we're going to open that jar open when we get home. <laughs> Jonathan Hickman can definitely write some uh, relationship. <laughs> I yeah, think that may have domestic. been from his own world because he was like, because I feel like you do that to me. You're like, what's up? I'm like, nah. All right, we'll talk later. Yeah, I have to go. Bye, honey. <laughs> have a good day. But then at the end of the book, too, which is it's really paralleled uh, with, you know, the, regardless of what's going on, MJ and Peter's relationship is pretty strong, and it's something that they keep working at also. 
And they do, at the end of that day, do end up talking about what is going on and what's been bothering Peter. And she's like, hey, you were supportive of me when I wanted to quit my job and start a new business. I'm going to, what What would make you think I wouldn't support you? You do what you need to, Tiger. And I just thought that was ugh, so great. So precious. You know, supportive spouses. I love it. I'm here for it. Because I'm always trying to cheer you on. I feel like you're always trying to cheer me on. We just want what's best for each other. And I feel like seeing that in this happy relationship with Peter and MJ is kind of something we haven't really seen before. Yeah, and it makes me want to know, like, how did the relationship form? Because if it is in the ultimate universe, Mary Jane and Peter were next door neighbors, very similar to the the movies, Mm -hmm. where they were next door neighbors and friends and they were talking and kind of flirting. So did that just become a bond? And I'm trying to remember in the Ultimate Universe, I remember Gwen Stacy popping in because her dad got transferred from the police department. What if he never gets transferred in? So that's why he never meets Gwen, and he meets Gwen now. I'm wondering, yeah, you bring up a very good point. It's not to say that that might not happen in the next issue. I mean, Peter was already talking about how he needed to change. So what else is going to change, and what change is going to follow his choices. Correct. And that end panel there with his suit, is that his new suit, this black, or was that just I, because he was in the shadows? I couldn't decide. I don't know. Because I, there's a variant of him in this like black costume and walking oh, around. Oh, that's right. There is. So I don't know if that's his new costume. That would be really He's in a black spider suit. So, it, it, oh my God, this, this book, it just got so many layers of like, we have so many questions because Peter is older. I, I have never read an older Peter. Like, yes. Peter Parker, I don't think, is as old now than he is in Ultimate Universe. Because mm-hmm. the Ultimate Universe, he's I think he's older now. He's like at least 35, if not older. Yeah. So we're talking, an like older Peter is, Parker, yes. he, he, he knows things. He knows what the world's like. It's... I, I'm so in on this story, and I have so many hopes for it. I do, too. Um, the whole time I was reading it, I was like, okay, like who's who's going to be here and who is not going to be here? I I knew it. It was either going to be Uncle Ben or Aunt May, because that's the rule. You can't have both of them. It's got to be one or the other, I feel. And since we saw Ben Parker at the Daily Bugle, I was like, okay, sorry, Aunt May. Which is interesting because we, we, we haven't seen this story since the Spider-Verse story where Uncle Ben became a Spider-Man, basically. Like, Uncle Ben is alive and Aunt May died. Yeah. Like, Aunt May is dead. Yes. That is huge. They have never, like, they've tried to do that in the main Spider-Man story. They kill her off and then they're like, oh, she's back alive for some reason. Like, even now, like, she's got, she's alive. She's, she's hanging out in her own apartment. We've. Put her on life support. She's just, you can't kill Aunt May. And the ultimate universe has now killed her. They're like, uh, hold my beer. <laughs> we're going to kill her. And we're going to kill her in a terrorist attack. <sighs> Man. A stark terrorist attack. Which that is from the ultimate invasion. So if you guys want to know what happened there, that that's all ultimate invasion. They talk about the whole attack. You don't see Aunt May die in that. Mm-hmm. Because that's more of like the superhero level. Like we don't. The only time we see Peter Parker is when the Maker 
the maker is the person who created the ultimate universe, who is an evil Reed Richards. He goes, I'm making sure that certain people don't ever get in my way. And there's a picture of like Spider-Man and the spider like missing his hand and mm. they smash the spider. Yeah. So like, you know, he's taken out some of his competition. You know, yeah. Spider-Man's been on his tail. He's Spider-Man's the best. So I... It's exciting to read. I have not been this excited for a Spider-Man book in ages. Or, a com- like, yeah, and a Marvel comic book. I have not been this excited in a very long time. Yep. Because I don't know what's going to happen. It's a brand new world. They're introducing, like, people, Norman Osborn's dead. Yes. Like, there is, like, the Green Goblin, which they showed there was a Green yes. Goblin. Is that no? Is it Harry in there? Yeah. Or is Norman alive and he's just been hiding out? Like, yeah, no, we don't know. We're just going to have to keep reading to find out. I, I feel like I have more questions than answers at this point. But I think that's kind of what you want in the first issue. You do. You want to get dragged in. You want it. Like, I know it takes place in the in the future, but you're like, man, I hope there's a issue where they just decide to have a flashback. Yeah, fill in some of these plot holes. Yeah. Uh, you know, not that, exactly that's plot That's a sign holes, of a good comic yeah. is where you're like, I, I do want to know what happened in the past. I do want to know what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm engaged. And so it makes me really excited for Ultimate X-Men coming out. And even Ultimate Black Panther, I think yes. I want to join, join. I wasn't going to get that one because I was like, I don't know, Wakanda. I'm like, no, in this whole but the universe. the possibilities that could take place with Black Panther. Yeah, if they, like, if they do it right, that could be fun. Yeah. Like, what? Maybe M'Baku was, <laughs> comes in and is actually the Black Panther. Maybe M'Baku. M'Baku. But I, I, it makes me excited. I, this this new universe done right, especially with Peach doing the yeah. um, like. I wanted to nominate Peach for something, but like she only did like one shots and covers this year. She did yes, and technically her Demon Days they they have all been one shots, even though they're like a string of connecting stories. Connecting but she stories, only did but one. The, this yeah, year. they were all technically only one shots. So yeah, but she only did like a few this Correct. year, and I'm like. Here's a story that was told throughout this whole entire year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, may, hopefully Peach can get nominated next year. But yeah. her shaping the X-Men universe, I mean, this is huge I mean, and that's her. really what Demon Days kind of did. She played around with it, but, I mean, they're literally giving her free range with it now. Um, she was, like, there were characters that were like, oh, this is supposed to be, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch. Or, oh, this is supposed to be, you know... Uh, Black Widow, like she played around with it and danced around with it, like changed the names a little bit. But this is going to be just full on free range. Go Peach, go do what you want. And we saw the last time the Ultimate Universe was there, Magneto decided to kill everybody with Ultimatum. Yeah. Like he took out everybody. He did a whole flood in New York City. He ripped Wolverine apart. Like it was. Ultimatum is one of my favorite stories. And if we can lead up to another kind of ultimatum again, I'm happy boy. I'd be a happy boy. Like, like it would be amazing. Like something very, I don't want the same thing, but you know, this ultimate event where like characters are going to die. Mm hmm. Like, because when someone died in the Ultimate Universe, they did die for real. Like, there was no, oh, we'll see him in a couple issues. No, right. you're dead, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think the one exception might have been Peter Parker with the death of Spider-Man. Yes. 
Like he he's might have been the only one who came back after a death. But it you know, Beast died, Angel died, like all all these X-Men were dying. You're like, what? Yeah, and I'm just excited to see more of her writing as well. She's been, I mean, she's predominantly an artist. I mean, I'd say a good 70% of her work is, you know, artwork and a lot a lot of covers. I mean, she's done so many Marvel covers this year. Yeah, I would like to see more of her writing style. I would too, to and even um, she did a Star Wars book this, this past year, and that was dialogue free. It was all, and I think it's amazing that she can tell full stories without any dialogue at all. But to I'm so I'm curious to see her kind of dive more into the writing uh, at the the writing side of this, and and to see what her writing style is a little bit more. I'm just excited. I love Peach. She's my girl. I'm going to love it regardless, probably. <laughs> so, And we'll talk about it when it comes out, because it comes out in a few weeks. Yes, I'm so excited. So we'll jump back up here and talk about it. But uh, I think that's all the time we have. So make sure you guys go online, click the link to vote for who you think should win the best in each category for our Fresh to Death Awards this year. Like I said, I, I, pick, I tried to do, be the most fair. Pick out books I think deserve it. Ultimate Spider-Man, you need to get that immediately. This yes. is a book that's... I, I can see things. that. Yeah, I, I think money-wise it's going to do things. Story-wise it's going to do yeah, things. Like, like jump on We don't this, know guys. what we're, we're in for with this book. Like, who are who are villains? Like, now that they have all of Spider-Man's rogue gallery he can they can play with, mm-hmm. like, I want to see what Doc Ock's been doing. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I want to see what you know the w- Warren uh, he is the jackal. Uh, what the jackal's been doing? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who does the cloning. Oh like, yeah. Does the maker just erase him? Be like, no, 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 no more clones. I hate clones. Like, is he picking and choosing? Like, if he didn't like a certain hero, like, because he the maker is Reed Richards, an evil Reed Richards. So he's fought all these villains as a member of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So if he's like, man, this guy, every single time I hate him, I'm not going to make him born. I want to see something where he's deliberately been like, because what he did to this whole universe he created, because Reed has to exist, he put Reed Richards in a Dr. Doom mask (laughs) and tortured him. Oh my God. There was a light that would go across the sky. And so, because he, he, he has no time, he has no clue how long he's been there. But he saw this line go across the sky. He goes, all right, that must be how long a day is. So he's starting to calculate and measure how long this, because every morning or every time it would go across, he was trying to calculate, okay, but then it would fluctuate and go differently. And then he realized the secret. The maker was putting a highlight, a light source on there to trick him and torture him. Oh my God. Into thinking it's been more or less time. So he has no clue how long he's been trapped there. <sighs> that's that's some evil shit. That's some diabolical. Like, it's it's so small, but to when someone's world is already so small to fuck around with that. Yeah, so he goes, God. here's all my calculations. Here, here I thought... This was rising at a certain time. I was trying to figure out the math of all this. And it was just him messing with me every time he could come in and do something. Oh, diabolical. So, 
All right, guys, that's it for us at Fresh Death Comics. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time on another edition. Bye, everybody. Bye.